Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Week 16, Bears and Cardinals at Soldier Field. That's right, Chris Black, Tyler Aki filling in for Abdallah. Tyler, you might be by yourself at some point today. Going through it, huh? I'm fighting it. Uh, You you know how it is. Uh, Everyone at the station has this kennel cough Mm -hmm. uh, that's been passed from person to person. I feel like I'm on the the upward mend side of it, but uh, definitely uh, playing mental games with me right now because I definitely feel like I sound differently, (laughs) Uh, but... I'm a gamer. You I'm are. Here. I'm here for you. You are, I'm here you are for the, you. the grinder of the station. I'm right? also, I'm not going to cough on you. All right. Well, so, I thank, thank so, you. This yeah. is the holiday season, so thank you for that gift. <laughs> no problem. Uh, week 16, Bears, Cardinals uh, on the lakefront. The Bears are 5-9. and nine, The Cardinals are 3-11. and 11. And, and what we've talked about uh, throughout the entire week here on ESPN 1000 is this idea about these final three games. Do they matter to you as a Bears fan? Do they matter to the head coach, to the quarterback, in the decision-making that we take a look at this team, or are, are you just completely out? I, I think there's plenty of Bears fans who are tuning in to kind of watch the game today because they're on a holiday and it's NFL football and it's your local team. But I think a lot of people are out on the coach, out on the offensive coordinator, and definitely out on the quarterback heading into these three games. And that's why I'm actually interested. I want to see what this group puts together here in the final three weeks Eight wins is still on the table. That, to me, is an improvement. No doubt. Like, eight wins, and not just that, but if you beat the Packers in Week 18 as well, then you go 3-3 and in the division, too. And that, I think, is something you can point to if you're Matt Eberflus and say, okay, we went from three wins to eight wins. We went from no wins in the division to three wins in the division, 500 in the division. Like, we're building something here, and that's what they're playing for. Like, at this point, you've got people that are – playing and coaching for their jobs, coaching for their lives right now. Well, and and I think that's where, and we'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. You know, Justin Fields, I think he's answered one question for sure to this point at the end of his third season. He's not going to be an elite quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be Mahomes. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. Probably not going to be Justin Herbert. That's yeah. it's something I've come to grips with. It's something I think Bears fans think think is obvious. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do think that's still out there is I think he can be a developmental quarterback who, with time, can play at a high level. And what that means is you need patience. Whether or not an NFL team will have that patience, whether or not he'll ever figure it out, that's to be answered. I do think, at his best, he could be someone like Dak Prescott. And Dak and the Cowboys are having a great Mm -hmm. year. MVP caliber year. With that said, he has not played like that whatsoever. So I I, I don't want to get the opinion out there that I think he is Dak Prescott. I just think that he could get to that level at some point. Now, he has to go out there against teams like the Falcons today against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a bad football team. He needs to go out there and look awesome. And if he can do that, I think the Packers game, I think it's gettable. Their defense is not great. And I think there's options there for Fields to prove himself, but he he needs to start doing it. And I I think the thing that's bothered me most, Tyler, is he doesn't hold on to the football. He turns it over way too much. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you can't have a quarterback that turns it over that much. I will give him the credit for this. The interceptions this season have Mm -hmm. definitely come down. Yes. And Mm -hmm. And that's a positive because when you look at young quarterbacks, if young quarterbacks are constantly throwing the football away into triple, double coverage, can't hold on to the ball... That's a problem long term. If he's not throwing interceptions and he's just loose with the football when he rushes or in the pocket, 
I think that is something you can work on. Whether or not polls in this Bears uh, front office will give them time to develop, that's what we'll find out in this offseason. I just worry about these final three games and could it be a fool's gold situation? Kind of like what we saw at the end of the Nagy era, where the year before that, they kind of had that fool's gold run at the end. Yeah. And they beat bad teams. I think it was like the Jaguars and the Texans. And they beat some bad teams to close out the stretch. And it was enough to warrant another year when we knew, ultimately, Nagy wasn't cut out for this, right? Yeah. And I wonder if, because if Eberflus gets fired here by this team, he's not getting another shot as a head coach in the NFL in all likelihood. Like, he has looked like the dope on the sidelines at times. Yeah. With some of the moves he's made, the way that he addresses people at the podium. I mean, even his locker room post game, you see players on their phones. Like, that to me, that is not a leader right there. And I know the defense has played much better. And that's something that he can point to as progress and a big reason why they've looked like a much better football team here down the stretch. Yeah. But you're playing now the rest of the way. You've got the Cardinals today, a game you should win. You've got the Falcons at home, a game, another game you should win. And then you play the Packers at the end of the season. That one's a toss-up based on the way that these two teams have played thus far this season. So you've got three winnable games. I think the Bears are probably favored in two of them the rest of the way. And that Green Bay game, you're probably not the favorite in. So you've got a chance to make something happen here down the stretch. But is it going to be... Nagy's 2.0, where we see Matt Eberflus maybe hang around a year too long, and not just that. Let's say the quarterback's out at the end of the year, too. Are you messing up the, the, the way that you want to build this team moving forward? Are you messing up the quarterback, GM, and coach timeline as well? We, we've seen that in this city uh, twice. Well, we've seen it multiple times where it's worked the way you've described, and also, like, Lovey Smith would go on runs at the end of bad seasons mm-hmm. to convince the Bears ownership group to keep them around. Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight, perhaps we were a little uh, greedy and wanting more. Mm-hmm. And the Lovey Smith days are something that I, I wish the Bears could get back to, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But when Lovey was eventually fired, going 10 and 6, the, the statement was this is not good enough. Right. This team needs to win playoff games, needs to get to Super Bowls. And that's what we want as Bears fans. Ah, the Lovey Smith days seem pretty yeah. nice. I mean, that's right the best now. era of football of my life as a Bears sure, fan. Sure, absolutely. And and it, it and I think that's where it's different, right? I, I agree with you. They could go on a run here, win three games, and I could see the head coach coming back. I think Bears fans would be really upset about that. Uh, but I also think that they are building something. You mentioned the locker room, whether or not they're playing for Eberflus. I would say this. The vibes I've gotten from, uh, you know, hosting the Bears Night in Chicago yeah. show, mm-hmm. uh, we, were, we were able to host with Eddie Jackson and TJ Edwards this year. The vibe I got from those guys on and off the air is that they're playing for the coach. Oh, yeah. And they like Eberflus. So I understand his clips for social media don't look great, mm-hmm. um, but it does feel like they're playing for him. Now, I'll critique the hell out of his in-game decision-making with timeouts, with challenges, how they handle the end of halves, that, that's not good enough. And I think both can be true. And that's why uh, talking with Yurko at length on Friday, Yurko painted a picture where you could bring everyone back if they go on this run, mm-hmm. three-game run here. And unless there's a big fish that's an automatic slam dunk, you bring Iberflus back. I actually don't think that that's a bad idea. No, because I, I think if you, if you could... If you structure where if Jim Harbaugh wants to be here, 
and wants to take over this franchise and sees what you have built and says, I can win in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Matt Eberflus, it wasn't good enough. We have to go with someone else. But if we're just interviewing random grab bag name candidates who are uh, co- coordinators around the NFL, I don't know if I want another new first-time head coach. Right. I think your your options, if you, we want to go down the path that you're laying out there, it's Jim Harbaugh and it's Dan Quinn. Those are the two that you could probably get behind as a Bears fan and be like, all right. Although I did see the report this morning from Ian Rappaport saying that Harbaugh has a 10-year, $125 million deal on the table from Michigan. However, the big hang-up there of why he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet is that it is all contingent that he does not pursue an NFL head coaching job in this cycle. And I think the fact that Harbaugh is still holding out on that right now Maybe part of it is what's going to happen with the NCAA. How is his program going to be affected for the foreseeable future? And also, maybe he just wants to get back to this level. Well, too. He, he also could want to have a national championship in yes. his back pocket mm-hmm. before he negotiates further. That is also true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like Michigan can still win the national title. Right. If Michigan wins, then yeah. yesterday's price is not today's price. Exactly. I, I would say the other piece of news, if, if you were following along with the NFL yesterday, uh, there were two games yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those games, you saw the Steelers put a beat down on the Bengals. Mike Florio on NBC yes. was reporting that not only does Mike Tomlin want to stay in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh wants Mike Tomlin to stay and that they're talking about future plans. So any uh, Hail Mary thoughts from Bears fans that they could, you know, trade a backup kicker for Mike Tomlin, whatever <laughs> nonsense that was floated out in the last week, pie in the sky crap. Uh, it's not realistic. No, Tomlin's not leaving. And uh, the Steelers are a good football team. They're eight and seven. They have right. bad quarterback play, and they're a good football team. And the Bengals are a decent team. They put a beatdown on yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they were on their third quarterback of the season yesterday, and he looked uh, as good as any of these backups that we've seen go in there, and even better than some of the starters we've seen in the NFL this season. But I, I do think they're yeah. like the best case scenario for the Bears, and it's it's gone now. But you needed a team like the Steelers to either bottom out. You needed a yeah. team like maybe the Rams to bottom out, and maybe Sean McVay all of a sudden enters the picture there. But those are, I mean, the Steelers were in a little bit of a downstretch before winning yesterday. But the Rams, that's a team right now that is playing as well as almost anybody in the NFC aside from the San Francisco 49ers at the moment. They're a team that's going to probably get into the playoffs as a 7 or 6 seed, and I guarantee you the Cowboys, the um, the Lions, they don't want to see that Rams team no. right now. No, and, and you're right. Their offense is clicking. Stafford looks Stafford awesome. Stafford looks fantastic. Williams running the football. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. Nakua looks fantastic. Cup is healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, everything for the Rams is rolling. And, and I think, like, also, in the back of my head, who are the teams that would have kept the Bears out of the playoffs? The Rams continuing to look like this, even if the Bears won last week against the Browns, yeah. likely your chances would have ended with the Rams beating the Saints on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, a week ago when we were playing all the playoff scenarios, mm-hmm. one of those scenarios was that the Rams had to finish at 8-9. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't win more games. And they're already at eight and seven. So I I, I think like that's a team who's gonna be dangerous. And then obviously the news with the Steelers, and the Steelers being the Bengals yesterday, thirty four to eleven. Black and Aki here, the pre pre show, getting you ready for Bears football, Soldier Field, Bears and Cardinals. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bill on the south side, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Bill? Hey guys, how you doing? We're good, man. Hey, uh, nice conversation. You know, 
the thing with Fields is um, if they get rid of Fields, are they going to do any better, really? I mean, uh, (laughs) I'm at this point where it's like Fields still holds the ball in the pocket too long. He still looks like his timing is off as a pocket passer. He makes great plays. Yeah, he's got amazing ability, arm, uh, running. Uh, He's got the capacity for these huge plays. But just as a regular pocket passer, I think we've seen enough, to be honest with you. I think, like, he's not going to progress past that point. On the other hand, this organization, are they going to actually do anything better? Like, if they if they traded him and they got a pick, they're probably as likely to screw that pick up. So I'm at the point where I'm like, <laughs> eh, I don't really care. Bill, thank you for the phone call. That's the classic, uh, I've never really had a girlfriend, and <laughs> uh, no girl that I ask out will take mm-hmm. my... Uh, yeah. my uh in- invitation right. and so i'm just gonna sit at home and uh play video games for yep. the rest of my life by myself with three cats mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean is that us as a bears fan and that's the thing is like you have capital now at this point just eating like, cheetos yep. in your basement yep. you've Never... got the, the dust everywhere <laughs> it's like on the the arms of the couch and all that stuff <laughs> Maybe the, br- yeah. brush it off of you've your, got the uh... white shirt on and it's like cheeto dust you look like yeah, Why just, even try? We've exactly. never been good. Mm-hmm. But no, like if that's the state you're in as a Bears fan, like then you should just stop being a Bears fan. Because then if, if that's the way that you're thinking of it. Don't dare me. Then, <laughs> well, that's always the conversation right me, when Aki. the Cardinals are here, right? Of what happens if there were to be two teams yeah. in the city again. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you look at, there are teams that have been in awful quarterback hell-like situations like the Bears, but they kept spinning the dice and, and eventually like the bills right yeah since jim kelly they had had nobody they tried and tried again ej manuals and stuff like that but finally they found one in josh allen and they got things right and now they're t- i mean who wouldn't want josh allen right now if you're an nfl team and i just think you have to keep taking those dice rolls i know it's it, it as Bears fans, you get impatient and it's frustrating and you think that you're just bound for this lifestyle because that's what you are. That's your lot in life because you're a Bears fan is that they'll never get it right. Yeah. But it does feel like there is a little bit of momentum here in the front office. Like I feel like Ryan Poles has done a good job of constructing this roster now. And I don't think they're as far off from being a good football team as some of the outsiders may think because he's built some pieces on the defensive side of the ball. He, I think he's drafted pretty well, all things considered. Like You're going to miss, right? Valus Jones is a miss. But I think you have found some pieces throughout the drafts. And this is a guy who's only had one first-round pick in his entire career. Second half of the season, they're 5-5. Five and five. Yeah. You know, so are they a good team? They're not necessarily a good team. I think they're playing much better football. I think they're reflective of, of what the NFL is, though. Like, yeah. the NFL is a lot of average right now. Yeah, and, and the opportunities are there. There are three games they had one in the fourth quarter. If you flip those, we're sitting at a different situation right now. Mm-hmm. We're sitting heading into this weekend with eight wins. Yeah. I mean, that means today against the Cardinals, you'd be looking for nine. You'd be on the brink of clinching. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Abdal and I would have been marching up and down <laughs> State Street screaming at everyone because we told you heading yeah. into the season that this was going to be a competitive team mm-hmm. into December. 
it didn't go go that way, and I was wrong, and, and they still have a chance to go over the number in Vegas. So it, it is possible. They are a decent team at this moment. We're talking Bears football with you. Chris Bleck, Tyler Aki. It's the pre-pre-show. Getting you ready for Bears and Cardinals. The new home of the Bears. It's the game day tailgate show with Blake and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Tyler Aki filling in for Adam Abdallah today. Black and Aki. Bears pregame as we get ready for the Bears and the Cardinals on the lakefront. Make sure you listen all day long. We'll have coverage. We'll have the game. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will have the call of the game at 325 right here on ESPN Chicago. Download the ESPN Chicago app like Paul in Michigan. You can listen to the station. What's up, Paul? Hey. How's it going, guys? What's up, man? Uh, not much. Merry Christmas to y'all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to say, um, you know, like everybody's like one way or the other on Justin, but I'm a, I love Justin. I think he's had terrible coaching since day one. And, and like, I, I'm using Lamar today as, as Lamar Jackson as an example. Does anybody think he's getting better year over year? Yep. And then they say, well, he's a, he's a running quarterback. He's going to get hurt. Well, Lamar's been hurt twice in his career. Both times he was in the pocket pocket passing when he got hurt so i mean the point is that you know quarterbacks aren't, aren't just made overnight and, and teams aren't made overnight and this one the offensive scheming and, and play calling for this one has been atrocious yeah you know i mean i, I don't know how else to explain it but sure. this kid's got he's got talent that it, it's the most talent i've ever had on my bear quarterback ever oh no i disagree cutler was more talented yeah Oh, you think so? I don't, yeah. think, I don't think Cutler had the, the accuracy, but I don't know. No, he was uh, a, he's he had a better much passer. better accuracy. Yeah. yeah, Cutler was better. Now, Cutler could also run. Um, Justin Fields is a better runner, but Cutler can move, man. Don't forget I, about I that. Just, I'd, I'd just love to see him have you know, uh, a, a scheme where they – I mean, if you look at the Cleveland game, the three times that they actually um, blocked uh, had um, the tight end – block on uh, Miles Garrett twice. Yeah. He did a good job and once he whiffed, well the two plays where he where he, they actually blocked him, they were great. You know, but why do we right. only do that three times? You know why? You know why 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 he why why only do special blocking and a rollout a couple times in the whole game? I mean it's it's ridiculous. Thanks for the call, Paul. You know. Appreciate you, man. Yep, yep, yep. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. You know, Tyler, uh something that uh, I thought of while Paul was talking. Running quarterbacks get hurt more. How do you explain Joe Burrow? How do you explain Justin Herbert? It, it's football players get hurt. Yeah, and, it's football. And think about last week, this week. Um, I know this week, and we saw it yesterday, we had a matchup of backups against backups. Mm-hmm. I know there's one uh, matchup today where it's backups against backups. It, it's, it's how the league goes. Yeah. Now, has Fields gotten injured this year? on a play where he's running wild out of the pocket, he hasn't. Like, the, he got hurt on the play. He was trying to make a throw down the field. Right. Last year, he got hurt when he was uh, – it was a run call against the Falcons. He hurt his shoulder. Right. App. NFL players get hurt. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. and running backs get hurt because when they have the ball, everyone's trying to hit them. Right. It's just how it goes. I would be mad if it was a Justin Fields, he breaks out of the pocket, he starts running downfield, he slides, and then he gets hit late, and then he's injured because of that, and we haven't seen the flag come out on those plays. But 
that's when I would be pissed and be like, all right, this is a problem. But the way that he's gotten hurt here this season, like that is just a quarterback trying to make a quarterback play. And he got injured out of it. Like, it, that's just what happens. It, it's football. Like you said, like, it's a physical game. I think you look at some of the running quarterbacks in the league this yeah. year, they're actually have, feels like have been the healthiest ones out of the bunch. It would, uh, it would appear to me that uh, Justin Fields has no respect from the officials. Yeah. And he hasn't his entire career uh, in the NFL. And they have no interest in in trying to protect the quarterback. And all you need to know they is They protect that, everyone else yeah. except for Justin mm-hmm. Fields. And you look at the the last play before the first end of the first half, the guy yeah. who hits Justin Fields late gets a fine but doesn't get a penalty. Right. And to me that does me nothing. At that point I don't even care if you get fined. You know who you know who I'm going to blame in this meathead situation? I'm going to blame Eberflus. Mhm. 100%. Eberflus needs to lose his damn mind on the field. Yeah. Get a you get a penalty or something because you're yeah. out in the field. You know it's like in basketball. Screaming. Yeah, well, when, when the coach gets a tech, like sometimes it's a good thing. I'm sorry, he Eberflus has not stood up for Fields in these situations. We yeah. all see it. The players see it. Mm-hmm. Those in the stadium see it. Fields slides, gets up, and gets hit. It happens every game. Mm-hmm. Gets hit in the head. Yeah, happens all the time. Gets hit late in the pocket. What does Eberflus do? He just stands there. Yeah, and Dude. says we'll send it into the league. You gotta go nuts, man. You, like th- that's where there's a total disconnect. Daniel Naperville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Daniel? Hey guys, thanks for t- taking my call. No problem. Um, I'll just uh, piggyback real quick on on a couple things. It's not wh- why I called, but yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't personally understand all of the field support. A guy can't read a defense, guys. He holds on to the ball forever. So because he holds on to the ball forever, he takes needless hits. And as far as the whole, like, running quarterback versus non-running quarterback getting injured, you know, the Rangers game that he got injured in, dude, that guy should have gotten rid of the ball like five seconds earlier. And he was trying to make a play because he missed somebody that was wide open streaking down the middle of the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not why I called, but I will say that. (laughs) Um, As far as the whole coaching situation goes, you know, I think it really depends on what Poles is going to do at quarterback. If he's going to keep fields, um, then, you know, I would not be surprised if he kept Eberflus, right? Because if you fire Eberflus, now Justin's got his third quarter uh, coach in whatever, four seasons. If, on the other hand, he decides to go a new direction and draft another quarterback, which I think is going to happen, then you can't keep Eberflus. Because if you keep Eberflus, and next year things don't work out well, then for sure you're gone. And now you've got the same coach-quarterback mismatch that the Bears have had for, what, the last 20, 30 years? Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, my thoughts on the whole coaching situation. I don't like Eberflus. I'm certainly not, you know, advocating for him to stay. Um, But I, I don't, you know... I think if you draft a quarterback, you can't keep him. Yeah, you you need better tutelage for the young quarterback. I get you, Daniel. Thanks for the phone call. I'd say this, Tyler. Something that uh, sticks out in my mind about this conversation is whatever happened to coaches coaching? You know, like I maybe it's just a media and fan driven idea that the coach and the quarterback have to match the timelines. Like whatever happened to coaches who come in and make players better and and. I could totally get on board that Eberflus is not that guy, and therefore he shouldn't be back. I get that. 
But like the idea that you can't have a quarterback that's not on the same timeline, it all has to sync up, to me is like, what's the point of a coach? Like, if you're a coach and you can only coach up the specific quarterback that you want, like, isn't that speak to how you can't get it done as a coach? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of both. Like, obviously, certain players will fit into different schemes, and if you're trying to go against your entire philosophy as a coach, then you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole at that point but go west right Mm -hmm. uh the rams and the 49ers Mm -hmm. have both they had individuals who took jobs and they made it work with guys who are less than right jimmy garoppolo jared goff Mm -hmm. they're not great quarterbacks they made it work Mm -hmm. the rams win a super bowl the 49ers have been in the mix for the last but you could also say seven years they've moved on from those guys too because they said you know what there are better ways to do it 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't McVay didn't take the job because he didn't have a quarterback on his timeline. He made it sure. work, and mm-hmm. then they moved off of him when the opportunity was there. Shanahan made it work, and then when the opportunity to continue to draft quarterbacks and to work guys out through their system finally has Brock Purdy, who's a, a system-perfect guy mm-hmm. for what he's trying to do. Yeah. My point being is that McVay and Shanahan didn't take the gig saying, well, I have to have my specific mm-hmm quarterback to match up with my timeline you can find the guy later i i could see them bringing in a new head coach and keeping fields and then also drafting a quarterback Mm -hmm. and allowing fields and the quarterback who they draft to battle it out justin fields you're not good enough to just be day one starter without a competition sorry but in training camp if you outplay bo nix or michael Penix. I don't um, think any of those names. You're not drafting someone first overall and doing this, but if it's somewhere down the road, second, third, fourth round. Yeah, I mean, it, ideally, you know, if if Poles is just sold on Caleb Williams, you move on from Fields, we'll know immediately, right? They're not going to yeah. hold on to Fields while they draft the quarterback. He'll be moved. They'll and you'll want capital. the second round, third round pick or whatever for this year's draft anyway. Right. So I, I just don't understand why it has to be the same timeline. I think that that's such like... It just doesn't... I get that people want everything to be perfect in the world. It's not the case. You're likely going to have a a coach who's hired who doesn't match the perfect timeline with someone. Yeah, but then you do find situations like what's going on down in Houston where everything does align and boom, you can kickstart this thing and maybe expedite the process right away. Like That is the perfect situation where you bring in a new head coach, you bring in a new offensive coordinator and play caller... And then they, in tandem, work to find the quarterback, and boom, you're off and running. And Houston, a team that a lot of people thought would be the worst team in football or one of like the three or four worst teams in football, has an outside chance to make the playoffs and, and even win the division. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Chase on the south side. What up, Chase? Black, what's up, man? Tyler, what's happening, man? What up, Chase? Hey, Black, you okay, man? You sound a little rusty there. I'm I'm fighting through, man. I'm a gamer. We're gonna flush this you thing know, out of here. You know, we're we're good. Like, like here, mentally, I feel great. Uh, symptoms, I don't. I just sound weird. I feel great right now. So yeah, Chase, we're, we're gonna. Blower. You know, uh, when you're on defense, you pull the shorts up a little bit higher. You get in the defensive stance. You slap the floor. I'm gonna I'm gonna game this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I'm, caught, I'm feeling it faith too, man. There. Chase, we've taken the but, day off. Right, we get you, Chase. Yeah. I know, but, um, yeah, so, you know, I, okay, so, guys, what if I told you week four, 20, September 24th, 2028, the Bears would be 
after all this, the Bears will go 8-9. Would you guys say you were out of your mind after what happened in week four when the Bears were 1-5? Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because it's crazy. You know, to me, I believe this has been the most weirdest, craziest Bears season I ever – like, I don't even know what to call it because if the Bears – Chris, you said this mm-hmm. la- early last week when you had um, when you was at the event. You made an interesting point. You said that if the Bears finish out after all what's happened this season, if they finish out the season, say worst case scenario, seven to ten, eight nine possibly. You, if you look at the wins and losses this the, the wins and losses this season we've had. You remember when everybody was going through the schedule? Oh yeah. They said win loss, sure. win loss, win loss. And you look at what's transpired, given the monumental collapses. If this, if the season plays out the way it is, isn't wouldn't you say this is kind of what we predicted? And to me, if say in fact the Bears do finish seven and ten, eight nine, after all what's happened this season, would you consider like this is a question I'm asking you, Tyler too. I'm asking you this too, and I want you the guys to ask the other hosts too um, during the week. It's an interesting topic. Would you consider this season a, fail, a success given the fact that, hey, think about it. We keep forgetting this team is still in a rebuild. This team, was they were three. They won three games last season. Yeah. And the fact that they, after all what's happened early in the season, we, I mean, we thought the Bears would be, there were times we thought the Bears might win four games. Now they on the process and on the verge of possibly winning eight, seven, eight games after all what's happened this season. Now I'm not – Look, I still think this coach needs to go. I think Iberfuz needs to go. I want him gone. Jesse needs to go. Justin, I'm still in the middle with. But I just feel like it's just crazy how everything that's happened this season, this after all the, the craziness, all the nonsense, all the everything, they still have a chance to finish 8-9, 7-10, which, which is what we all predicted. I mean, it's just crazy how – how this all played out, and I just want to know: Would you guys consider that consider that a, a, a success? Well, you know, given of what's happened. All right, Chase, we'll answer that question. Okay. All right, you guys Thanks, have man. a good holiday. Merry Christmas, all right? Merry Christmas, you guys too. There he is. There's Chase on the south side. We'll answer that question when we come back. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. It's the pre-pre-show. Chris Black, Tyler Aki filling in for Abdallah. Abdallah's on vacation. He's in Bali today. Oh, it's pretty good nice. Him. It's pretty nice for Christmas, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Although the weather's Although pretty here, nice here. Yeah, the I weather's will say perfect. this. They did show up on, uh, we're watching NFL Live right now. Yeah. They showed a little, and I don't know if you drove in today. Yeah. Yeah. A little limited vision out there. Well, I, so, I didn't think it was too bad, but really? yeah, you're right. The skyline, you, uh, you couldn't see really all of the uh, well, I was the driving down. What, what did you take? Uh, I took the Kennedy. Okay. I took Lakeshore Drive. Okay. Could not see really? like three cars in front of me. Oh, they have. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right next to the water. Right. So well, that's where Soldier Field's going to be, yeah. too. And so I wonder if we're going to see as many deep shots today with the limited vision out there. That's possible. No, I mean, Could also be a more run-oriented know, maybe game. Fog Bowl 2.0, yeah. but this time for two teams not really going anywhere. Right. So that's possible. Uh, but you're right. For, for a game in December, at the end of December, for it to be pushing almost 50 degrees, 
Very little uh, moisture. I mean, yeah, you have the fog, but it's a nice day here downtown yeah. right now. It's perfect. And uh, if you're going to the game, make sure you stop inside Gate O. That's where Sylvie, Lance, and Dion will be set up. They'll get you ready at 1.30. They'll get you ready with the pregame show. Stop on by, say hello, say Merry Christmas to the group, and uh, go on to your seats inside Gato. Every home game, you can see our pregame show, Sylvie, Lance, and Dion, and you can listen to it right here on ESPN 1000. All right, let's answer uh, Chase's question. Chase's question was kind of looking at the whole season and expectations and whether or not you can say that this season was a success if the Bears go on to win eight games. Monday night after the Browns loss, I I talked about this at length saying that my opinion is that I think it is a success if you look at what the expectations were heading into the season. And my point was, let's look at context. If we said in August, eight and nine for a record Mm -hmm. would be a success. How the hell did you think those nine losses were going to look? You know what I mean? Because, like, it was bad mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. There's been some bad games. Mm-hmm. What the blank did you think that these losses were going to look like? They're in pretty losses? The Bears are going to have nine pretty, pretty well, sexy maybe losses? Maybe not pretty, but I don't think they well, would have been But, Tyler, historic. look at all the other teams in the NFL. When they're losing games, it's a disaster. The phone lines in those cities are lit up. People mm-hmm. are upset. Coaches need to be fired. Tomlin needs to be out of Pittsburgh. Now he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. My, my point is... 8-9, I think, will be a success. It didn't go their way to make the playoffs, but 8-9 is a good record for this team in this season. Here's what I would say is, obviously last year was a full blow-it-out year tank mode, and that's why they only won three games. But if they had even slightly below average talent on the defensive side of the ball last year and even at the receiver positions, that's probably what, a six-win team? Last year, with the way that they played, yeah. right? Yeah, About I can, six I wins. Can see it. Yeah. So the way that I'm kind of looking at it, and maybe it's backwards context here, but if you get to eight wins, which is still you have to win out if you do, if you get to eight wins, to me that's really only what two win improvement because you did upgrade the talent significantly around this roster, whether sure. it was on the defensive side of the ball, getting some offensive line help, getting a wide receiver for Justin Fields, like. Is the progress really as good as we think it is just because we saw three wins last year and it moved to potentially eight this year? Like, I still think there's the way that things went in that Denver game, the Detroit game, and then last week. Sure, right? They're not going to be pretty losses. But the fact that it took three of those, like, if you'd maybe get one or two of those. But for three of those to happen... A lot of that falls on coaching, and what was one of the biggest things we needed to find out this year in terms of finding success this season? Can the coach coach? Can the coach get it done? Can the quarterback get it done? And if you don't have the answer to that, or your answer is no to that, it's tough for me to call this a successful season. I would say more likely, by the way, by the way that it finishes out, like the Bears have three games to go. They're all three winnable games, but it's the NFL. You're probably going to go two and one at best just because that's the way that this league works. And I just I can't say that a seven and ten season is successful for this team when the quarterback, if you're seven and ten, in all likelihood isn't coming back. The coach in all likelihood isn't coming back. The offensive coordinator didn't prove much to help out along the way. And you've got a chance that at potentially having the number one overall pick. So I think that all of that combined 
you're probably going to be drafting inside the top seven two with your own pick as well. I, it's tough for me to call that a successful season. Another team are today hosting uh, New England. It's the night game tonight, Denver. They're seven and seven going into tonight's game. Is that a successful season? I would say yes right now because they've got a chance to get to the playoffs. Like this team doesn't have a chance really to get to the playoffs. So if right they now. go, if they get to nine mm-hmm. wins, they they don't win all three. They don't mm-hmm. get to ten. They get nine wins. I mean, some of Denver's losses early were the worst losses of the, the season. Washington game, I think that was the opener. So I mean, I that's where I go back to. If you said eight and nine to enter the season, what did you think those nine losses were going to look well, like? What I would say about Denver because is three of those games the Bears could have won. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't that be if you're looking at the losses and you expected nine losses, wouldn't that be a positive that three of those games the Bears actually should have won? No, because you lost them. Like no, he, I, I get, I get like, that they lost, but the, I guess the point in my head is a touchdown lead in one of the. Of games. course, yeah, you should have won those games. But like you were good enough to be winning those mm-hmm. games. My my thing with Denver is this. All right, I think you've learned two things when you're talking about the the mix of things with coach, quarterback, and all that stuff. You've learned something in Denver about the team. You've learned that the coach is good and that the quarterbacks rebounded from last year. Russell Wilson has played very good football this year. Big reason why they've had this resurgence. Remember, they went yeah. into that Bears game. 0 and three, yeah, and they found a way to win that game. We the haven't second seen. Half. We haven't happen. seen the Bears have that sort of find the way to win the game like that. I Detroit. guess Detroit. Detroit. The second half, the Bears came out and they were the better team in the second they half. Were, okay, Detroit. yeah, I'll give you that. Like they found the way yeah. to win that game, but like we haven't seen the quarterback go out lead the game winning no, drive right. except for the Minnesota game. You're right, and and in the games that they've won where the quarterback played well, they they were in the lead from the start. The mm-hmm. Commanders game. Yeah, the Bears that was never in doubt. had control mm-hmm. the entire time. Ken and Downers, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ken? Hey guys, hey guys, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Tell me what quarterback do you think could have held up under that uh, offensive line that we had in place last year with Braxton Jones, who was only stellar at run blocking, but would get pancaked on pass blocking. Uh, uh, in causing Justin to get strip sacked, blindsided the entire season, all right? Because he could only uh, run block. He wasn't a good pass blocker. Tevin Jenkins, who was out. You had Lucas Patrick and Larry Bourne. Have you not paid attention to uh, looked at the film on Larry Bourne? Larry Bourne can't block his shadow. When, uh, when Braxton Jones was out, you go back and take a look at the games, even from last year and this year. Larry Bourne gets beat every snap. So you had a quarterback that was taking snaps and, and on the run as soon as he received the ball. Yeah, he had a couple of occasions where somebody actually had a brain malfunction and was actually able to, to block for a moment. But on top of that, tell me what receivers was he throwing to last year? Uh, that were 50-50 ball guys that could actually take the ball away. Keneal Harry, who was a first-round bust from and, and kicked out of New England after two or three years, all right? Uh, Belichick got rid of him. You had a Smith-Marset, who's a castaway journeyman. And you had a Pettis, who was also a journeyman that played for five different teams. Oh, and did I mention, fail to mention, you also had the, the worst of the St. Browns of the brothers that – 
only had four touchdowns over four seasons in Green Bay uh, with a total of 418 yards. Who, who were you really throwing the ball to in a tight window coverage last year that you'd be willing to throw to? So you take a look at the fact that she didn't have anybody to throw to outside of when Mooney was healthy and he, when he wasn't getting double coverage. But you explain to me what receiver could challenge the, for the ball if thrown into tight coverage. Please help me understand, man. Yeah, I've been around that game, man, for yeah. almost 35, 40 years. And just to give you an idea, I had three of my buddies who I grew up with. And all of us, and almost every one of them, at least five of them, played collegiate ball. One played for 14 years in the NFL, got three rings with the Patriots. What's his name? Uh, first, his rookie season, went to the Super Bowl uh, with San Diego. Uh, you had one play for his 11 name? years and another play for four years. But help Ken, me understand, Ken, what are you guys Ken, looking at? Ken, what's his name? Who? My buddies? Your buddy who won Super Bowl rings. Yeah, yeah Rodney Harrison. We grew up together. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. Yes, yeah, we grew up together. We grew up in the South Suburbs. Yeah. We come from oh, yeah. the city of Markham. Sure, right. sure. But, man, I can go on down the line. Man, but help me understand, guys. What are, what, are you, what are you talking about? Because even if you – guys, understand. Even if you sort of adjust and, and go draft the quarterback, what other number one – because because Mooney's going to be gone. You got DJ Moore, and then that's it. You, you got DJ Moore. Nobody's winning anything with one receiver who's going to get double team every game, and that's what they're going to do to DJ Moore. Right. So Thanks, what do Ken. you have? Come on, guys. Yeah. Please tell Good me call, what, man. what do you have, man? Appreciate you. Thanks for the phone call, Ken. There he is, Kenny Downers Grove. Uh, I'd say this: he has DJ Moore this year. Clearly, outside of Moore, he doesn't get a lot of help. Cole Komet's having a good mm-hmm. season. Um. I do think it's telling, though, that the numbers between Moore and Fields are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like almost perfect passer rating, uh, all the touchdowns, all the stats. And then everyone else is like Justin Fields is a subpar quarterback. Mm-hmm. So are you going to give all the credit to only DJ Moore? Or does Fields get some credit that when he has a receiver who's reliable, that he actually is decent? Well, to to get to the first part of his call, last year means nothing to me, yeah. really, in the evaluation process. The fact that he didn't have receivers last year, I'm not going to use it to boost him up. I'm not going to use it to put him down. But this year, you've been given weapons. And, like, you can say what you want about the Darnell Mooney, but how many times has he also missed Darnell Mooney as well? Like, I think Troy Aikman laid it out perfectly in that Minnesota game. And he said there was, I think it was like a third and 15, and he had Darnell Mooney down the sidelines to pick up a big third and long there yeah and he said and he just missed him and mooney i think got hit too on the play and troy aikman broke it down and says you know you look at a lot of darnell mooney and what he's done this year his numbers aren't great especially in a contract year and all that but this is a big reason why is because there are misses on on darnell mooney and waddle laid it out earlier in the week it seems like there's no chemistry between the two of them no and I think Darnell Mooney, like maybe we pumped him up a little bit too much earlier in his career just because he was making some plays earlier in his career. But you look at his numbers, aside from the year where he went over 1,000 yards, even his rookie year, his numbers weren't nearly as good as the way we talked about Darnell Mooney. You look at Darnell Mooney year after year and game after game, his numbers really are never as good as you think they are. And especially in a contract year, if you're Darnell Mooney, you're probably going to go somewhere else like the Chiefs 
where you think that you can thrive and then maybe take a one year prove it deal and i think he could prove it somewhere else i don't i feel like mooney doesn't go after it anymore uh there was that throw where he was coming from the left side cross route and feels like try to to stick it in there Mm -hmm. past a uh, safety and and mooney kind of like gave the alligator arms Mm -hmm. to it uh, against the browns and it's like he fields made the throw it hits you in the hands if you catch that, we saw yesterday, twice, Pickens and Higgins. Mm-hmm. You catch a crosser, cross route like that, pass yeah. the safety, you're gone. Yeah. That's to the house. Mm-hmm. That was on Mooney. Mm-hmm. Mooney. Mooney had to take that and then run with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's, he's not a number two, and you're right. I think we inflated what he could be based on what we saw in the past. Tyler Aki filling in for Adam Abdallah. Chris Black, it's the pre-pre show. We're getting you ready for the Bears and the Cardinals. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And we'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Chris Black along with Tyler Aki getting you ready for the Bears and the Cardinals. In week 16 in the NFL, and we have the noon kickoffs about eight minutes from right now, so we'll keep our eyes on all the action around the league. Coming up as we uh, take you to 1.30 in our network pregame show with Sylvie, Lance, and Dion inside Gate O at Soldier Field. If you're going to the game, make sure you stop by and say hello. Tyler Aki in for Abdallah. It's time, Tyler, to look at the five best teams, five worst teams in the NFL right now as we head into week 16. It's a segment on Black Abdallah that we call Five Up, Five Down. Up. Five up. High five. Five down. Down low. Just low. Five up and five down with Black and Abdallah five, five, five. on ESPN 1000. And down. Five up, five down is brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. All right, Tyler, if we uh, look to the top of the board, the five best teams in the NFL, I'm warning you, heading into this week, I went, I'm reckless with this okay. this week. I'm, I'm reckless. All right. <laughs> Uh, the fifth best team, I'm going Detroit at 10 and 4. They beat Denver last week, 42 to 17. I think the Lions are back in my top five teams in the NFL. All right, my number five team, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. And I think even though they had the tough loss against the Tennessee Titans, I think that was largely due to the fact that Tyreek Hill was injured. If he plays that entire game, I think they end up winning. Number four, the Buffalo Bills. I have the Bills at nine and six. In fact, uh, we put this together to to have on the Black and Abdallah show earlier in the week. We just never got to it. <laughs> I was going to have the Bills at number four at eight and six. Mm-hmm. They win last night. They're nine and six now. I think this team is playing some of the best football in the NFL, even though they have six losses. Give me Buffalo at number four. My fourth team, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys at 10-4 and four right now. They're playing really good football, but their strength of victory is the lowest out of all the NFC playoff teams. I want to see what it looks like today against the Miami Dolphins. Number three, I've got Miami at 10-4. and four. Uh, They beat the Jets 30-0. Did you know that the Dolphins have the fourth best defense in yards per play defensively? Fourth. I mean, everyone talks about Miami and their offense. Their defense has been really good as well. I've got the Dolphins at three. My third team is your fourth team, the Buffalo Bills. I know (laughs) yesterday was... And I thought I was reckless. Well, like... They're 9-6 and six right now, and yesterday wasn't pretty, but you won the football game. And I think when you look at teams that are hot right now, this is the hottest team outside of the 49ers in all football. Yeah. Two, I've got Baltimore 11-3. and three. They beat Jacksonville last week. They're the number one defensive team in yards per play. I've got the Ravens at two. I've got the Ravens at two as well. I think they're the clear cut, too. 
Sorry. <laughs> a little quick. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, mm-hmm. For a few weeks, the 49ers have been number one. Uh, they're the number one offensive team. Their defense is top 10. They beat Arizona in a blowout fashion last week, 45-29. San Francisco at 11-3 is my number one team. I've got the Niners at number one. All you need to know about the state of the NFL right now, our number one team is a six-point favorite against our number two team. Uh, it's like they're a wagon right now. It, it, it's wild. If we go to the bottom... <laughs> 28, I have Tennessee at 5 and 9. Uh, at 29, I have Washington at 30. Arizona, one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Bears will face them today. New England at 31 and Carolina at 32. 28, I've got the Chargers. Uh, 29, I've got the Cardinals. 30, the Commanders. 31, Patriots. 32, Panthers. There you go. Five up, five down. Up and down. Five up. High five. Five down. Down low. Just low. Five up and five down with Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. And down. And it's brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Black and Abdallah, uh, usually weeknight 6 to 8. Tyler's filling in for Abdallah today as we get you set on the pre-pre-show to get you ready for Bears football. Bears and Cardinals today. 325 kick on the lakefront at Soldier Field. The Cardinals and the Bears, uh, and we just discussed the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I, I think it's crazy. The two best games of the weekend, uh, quite honestly for me, are in the two worst windows to yes. watch. Uh, you, the Cowboys <laughs> and Dolphins are going to take place today opposite Bears and Cardinals. If you're a Bears saying you want to watch that game, you have a different game to keep your eyes on. And then tomorrow night, Christmas night, Ravens 49ers, the game of this season until we get to the Super Bowl is and it might be the Super Bowl Christmas night. Yeah. What? Who's I can't watch that. Nope. Christmas dinner. Right. Exactly. We're not going to be able to watch Hanging the game. Out with family. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to that game. I, I think it's going to be fantastic. And you, you mentioned uh, San Francisco at home, a six point favorite in that game. Yeah, I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the state of the league right now. There's one team that is head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Now, maybe the Ravens can close that gap tomorrow, but it feels like last week against the Cardinals, even though the Niners won by, what, 16 points in that yeah. game? Yeah. That didn't even feel like, like that no. felt like every other team's like three-point game. It was a walk in the park for, right. uh, for Brock Purdy and uh, McCaffrey and uh, the, the entire 49er team. All right, Chris Black, Tyler Aki. Bears pregame. We're getting you ready. Bears, Cardinals on the lakefront. We'll be right back. The new home of the Chicago Bears.